0: I was living out there and I was bartending and when I had gotten sober for like six or seven months and I got this bartending job and the first night I started bartending, the bar, my coworkers like, Hey, you want to smoke some meth? And I thought, okay, I'll just do it this one time and I'll be good. No, never. It doesn't work like that. Yeah, I awakened the, the demon and then it was like, okay, where do I find my drugs? And being in such a rural area, It's really hard to find. So I thought, oh, I'll just traffic it in from Sacramento and so I drive to Sacramento, bring it across all these state lines. Providing inspiration and community for women in business of Middle Tennessee. This is powered by
1: her with Tiffany Anton. Welcome to Powered by Her. I am Tiffany Anton, and I am excited. We're on location today, and we're uh, recording a couple episodes. And so today I have Shelley Winner. Hi, Shelley. Hello. Uh, you are a Microsoft sales executive. I'm sales. A, yeah, I guess you could say expert. that. Expert. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you've been with Microsoft for about over six years now yeah you're um, a speaker you've done some ted talks you're a public speaker you're um, a motivational speaker um, trying to kind of change the mentality of some people and the way people hire people and the the corporations hire people yeah. Yeah. um you're an advocate for a lot of things and um i'm excited and we're going to talk about a new business a new startup that you're launching as well today and mm-hmm. so um we just want to take a second to thank our partners as we head into the holiday season, remember that there are some fantastic locally owned places. Plenty, the downtown bookshop, has a large variety of books and more to help you shop for anyone on your list. Thanks to our partner, Plenty, the downtown bookshop, for helping us remember to live a life of Plenty. Find them at plentybookshop.com. So Shelly, tell me, first of all, what you do with Microsoft. I know we're going to get into like, but you're probably not very asked very often just about your job your yeah. career
0: yeah because <laughs> no, you kind of have a backstory
1: yeah. and we'll get into that but so tell me about what you do for microsoft
0: so i uh i do b2b sales uh, i actually sell our lineup of computers which are called surface devices so i sell those to large customers like Facebook or meta google oracle salesforce um so i have some of the biggest customers like name names of you know, brand customers in the world. And, um, I go in to and I meet with their IT team and I teach them about our computers and why they should buy our computers for all of their employees. Which seems a little crazy
1: to be, have some of the biggest client bases around being that you've only been there for six years. Um, but your higher ups kind of felt like they saw something in you. Right. Is that, I, I think I, um, I saw an article that was, that your boss just saw your TED talk and was like, who is this person and what is going on and why is she not being utilized to her full
0: potential? Yeah. So, yeah, so I started off at Microsoft, um, or I started out in the uh, retail store. So that for me was low hanging fruit because I had the skill sets, um, you know, I had the skill sets to sell computers to consumers, um, that was, you know, in a retail environment. Um, and I didn't need a college degree. So to get in my foot into the door, uh, you know, at Microsoft, through the retail store was kind of my idea of like, okay, if I get my foot in the door here, I'll work my way up into corporate. And then I can bypass doing four years or six years of college. Yeah. Um, and so I had been working at the retail store for I think about 18 months. And during this time, I started doing public speaking and sharing my journey and my story to inspire other companies to consider hiring formerly incarcerated people. And the an executive at Microsoft in corporate saw one of my presentations actually it wasn't my ted talk okay um pbs said it was my ted talk but it really wasn't it was a different um presentation that i gave and um so somebody sent him my presentation it was uh, at a disrupt hr event and it was a five minute speech um and it was uh, probably one of my most powerful presentations considering it was only five minutes but it was really fun and he was so touched, moved, and inspired by it that he sent me an email randomly one day and said, hey, I, I saw one of your presentations. I know about your story. And I think, you know, we have some positions open opening up on our team. Uh, it's called Modern Work. I think it was a Modern Work specialist. I didn't know what that meant, but um, he said, I'd love to meet with you in person. So I scheduled.
1: Did yeah. you think it was a scam at first? Like...
0: I I was was like, somebody finding me? Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. I thought it was going to be, you know, impossible, nearly impossible to get into corporate. Yeah. And then here it was somebody reaching out to to little old me. Yeah. Right. And I was like, is this real? I honestly, um, I could. I mean, I really truly believe that like I manifested that. Yeah. Because I I really set that intention. It was like, okay, if I get into retail. Um, I'm going to work my way into corporate. I mean, I, that's what I told myself before I even got the job. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. and,
1: and there's a whole story of getting the job too, of Woo! being declined yeah. at uh, first. And So let's back up. Yeah. Um, so you kind of threw it in there quietly um, that <laughs> you are an advocate for formerly
0: incarcerated people. I am. So you're, the reason you have passion for this is? Because I am formerly incarcerated. Mm-hmm. And I did... Um, I had a four months uh, prison sentence, and I actually got arrested by the feds for drug trafficking charges.
1: And when the judge said to you, <laughs> "You are in a lot of trouble," yeah, um, and you kind of realized well, this is not you are not you know going to jail for a couple weeks. Yeah. this is a bigger deal than
0: yeah. well. He was. I was supposed to get ten years. Mm-hmm. Um, I I actually signed the uh, a plea agreement for ten years. Mm-hmm. And the judge was the only person that had the power um, or the, the authority to stray from that those sentencing guidelines because the amount of drugs that I um, got caught selling uh, was, they have what's called mandatory minimum, minimum sentencing guidelines. And because of the amount of drugs that I sold, I fell under the 10-year mark. Hmm. So there was like, there's really nothing you can do because it's this mandatory Minimum sentencing yeah. guideline of ten years, so um, luckily it was my first time ever being in a lot of trouble. Luckily, first uh, time
1: ever being caught being in a lot of trouble. Yeah, correct. exactly,
0: exactly. And um, so I didn't have like this extensive criminal background, mm-hmm. you know, because the the more of a criminal background that you have, your sentence even goes higher. It's crazy. Yeah. So I fell at the ten year um, mark, and. Because I accepted responsibility for my charges and I was completely open and honest about you know everything I had done, um, the judge um, strayed from those guidelines he had the he had the ability to do that, and so he ended up giving me four years instead of the ten, which even when he said um, you know the day I got sentenced when he told me he was giving me four years, I was like, "Ah." and I literally it felt like it was a long time oh yeah and I had literally just given birth to my son
1: yeah
0: you know yeah so well
1: so did you feel like it felt like this maybe almost life's over kind of moment maybe oh yeah um I think the the Shelly now seems more that tenacity like mm-hmm. okay Let's go. Uh, you know, this is a setback, but now I'm going to work harder. Yep. At that time, do you
0: think you had that tenacity in you to... So, okay, so when I got arraigned after my arrest, and when he told me I got, I was looking at 10 years, no, I did not. Mm-hmm. I was like, my life is over. I'm done. Like, 10 years. This is crazy. How old were you at that time? 37, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> and then... Um, but the day of my sentencing, when he told me four years, it definitely shocked me. I was like, okay. I had a feeling he was going to stray from the guidelines, from the sentencing guidelines. But still, like, four years is a long time. Mm-hmm. And um, so it was, it was a little bit of a crushing blow. But then I was like, okay, well, this is this, everything happens for a reason. So I've got to figure this out. I've really got to. I can turn this into like, you know, focus on the negative, or I can try to focus on the positive. And so I really chose to focus. Okay, what's positive about me going to prison?
1: <laughs> Which most people would probably say nothing. 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 How yeah. can that be positive? It's- up, up until so you're thirty-seven, so you're not super young at that time. You're not, you know, twenty with your whole life. You know, you're kind of closer to mid, middle of your life. Exactly. Um, what had you been doing up until 37, just trying to skate by a little bit?
0: Just, uh, yeah, I had some jobs when I was, you know, in my early twenties. Um, and then I became an addict at the age of 25 and was in my addiction, uh, Mm -hmm. up until my arrest. Yeah. And I started selling drugs to support my habit Hence the uh, the drug trafficking charges. I was driving. um, I was living in North Dakota at the time, and so it's a very rural. um, Every city there is rural. You know, it's there's like maybe a million people in the whole state. Yeah. Uh, And I was living out there, and I was bartending. And when I had gotten sober for like six or seven months, and I got this bartending job, and the first night I started bartending. The Bart, my coworkers is like, "Hey, you want to smoke some meth?" And I thought, "Okay, I'll just do it this one time, and I'll be good." No, never. Yeah. It doesn't work like that. Yeah. I awaken the the demon, and then it was like, "Okay, where do I find my drugs?" And being in such a rural area, it's really hard to find. So I thought, "Oh, I'll just traffic it in from Sacramento." And so I drive to Sacramento, bring it across all these state lines, and. <laughs>
1: And did you feel like you were getting, like, a rush of, like, oh, like, this is fun because I'm doing these things and not getting caught, or you were just so much in the addiction that you didn't really know, or?
0: There was an aspect of it being fun, but there was also this aspect of, uh, you know, like, I was very nervous every single time I had to go do a run. It was like, oh because, you know, I get pulled over for something, um, and they put the dogs on the car I'm done yeah like done yeah and so it was really nerve-wracking for me um but the money was what made it fun I mean I was making a lot of money yeah yeah
1: and you probably felt like I, don't, I couldn't do anything you know you didn't have a college degree at that time no nope. you felt, probably felt like this is the only way I could make this kind of money
0: yeah well it was interesting um is I've always had this affinity for technology. And um, I bought my first computer when I was 23 years old. And every time I had an issue, I would call Microsoft support. <laughs> and then they would have me completely reinstall the operating system. And so that would wipe out all my photos and all my pictures. And I, I didn't have a backup back then. And so after doing that, like three or four times, I'm thinking to myself, there's got to be a better way. Like, I've, I've to fix my computer other than reinstalling this operating system so I started to learn how to fix computers on my own and then I started uh, building computers I was like this is really cool mm-hmm. and um, so I got really good at it While I was in North Dakota because um, it was so rural uh, that we didn't even have a dry cleaner <laughs> you know let alone a uh, computer repair RT person yeah a yeah. computer repair company so I thought oh, you know, and I'm selling drugs at this point. I'm making a lot of money. And um I'm like, why don't I start a computer repair business too? So the computer repair business was my side hustle to my drug dealing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so do we you know, I'm thinking if if I'm going to, you know, the uh the laptop dudes that we have in our town, um I'm not thinking that they're selling drugs as you know, uh on the side or that's their main job i mean did people know what was going on with you or they had no clue they had no
0: clue yeah just
1: this was you were living this double life yep
0: yep wow yeah
1: so you um so what do you think changed while you were incarcerated to like you got certifications and you decided to like really change your life and use this that time period as like a rebirth almost
0: yeah one of the biggest things that happened um besides my arrest, right, and uh, realizing, holy shit, I need to change my life, was uh, right after my arrest, I found out I was pregnant. And, and you had
1: already had a... Did you have a, a ch- child already? Or this yeah. Was, oh, okay. Yeah, so I, you had one child.
0: Yep. Yeah. So I found out I was pregnant, and I knew at that point that I needed... Whether I got 10 years or not, I needed to figure out how to change my life. Because statistically, 76% of children follow... If they have an incarcerated parent... They follow in that parent's footsteps right to prison. I didn't know that at the time. I know that now. But, um, you know, I didn't want... My dad was a huge reason of me going to prison, Mm -hmm. you know. And um, I knew if I didn't change my ways, that, uh, you know, my son's future was going to be, you know, greatly affected. Um, And uh, whether I went to prison or not, I just wanted to see if there was a way I could change. And so while I was, um, fighting my case, uh, as after my arrest, I was, I was going back and forth with, with the feds and, you know, um, it took about, I don't know, about maybe 10 months, 11 months, um, while I was out fighting my case, I decided to get myself into a faith-based treatment program. And that's where my, journey of like spiritual like healing spiritually mentally physically Um, and it was such a tough process but um, but yeah that's that's kind of where it started and some things happened you know spiritual awakenings I guess you could say happened at this treatment center Mm -hmm. where God just completely changed my heart and um, the day I got sentenced because of the work that god had done in my heart i was able to really i was at peace yeah i was at peace and i knew that regardless of going to prison or not that you know he was going to be with me through this entire thing and then i was going to be okay and then i started researching the prison that i was going to come to find out it's one of the top 10 prisons in the world Right?
1: What makes a prison a top 10 prison?
0: Just, um, you know, it's, it's a prison where they send famous people. Okay. So it's, um, I refer to it more as like a, a camp cupcake, you know, prison, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. It's not your hardened yeah. type prison that you see on like Rock Up, uh, Rock Up, Lock Up Raw, you yeah. know, yeah. where it's like, oh my gosh. But, you know, it was super... Wasn't Orange is
1: the New Black kind of situation? Well, it was.
0: It was very similar to Orange is the New Black. But it wasn't... um, I don't know. It was a low security, basically. So, um, And I started researching the prison just to see if there was anything on the internet about this prison. And there was. And that's when I came across this... I think it was like a documentary saying it was one of the top ten prisons and why... And I was like, oh, okay, I'm gonna be okay. Yeah. You know, and then uh, I found out they had a lot of um, volunteers that would bring programming into the prison as well. And then there was this. There was another um, program that this prison offered that not all prisons offer, but this is a, a really good um, drug treatment. It was like a nine month cognitive behavioral therapy type drug treatment program. It's intense. And they offered this program as well at this prison, and so I was like, okay, this is this is this is good. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna go to prison. I'm gonna be okay. I'm gonna stay out of trouble. I'm gonna only hang out with you know people that are doing positive things, and I'm gonna program. Mm -hmm. And so I had access to all kinds of programming, various programs. Like there was a program on forgiveness. It taught us you know about forgiving not only others, but ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. How many of us live with unforgiveness in our hearts? Like drinking poison hoping somebody else dies, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, I did that drug, you know, the drug treatment program. It was called RDAP. It stands for Residential Drug Abuse Program. Uh, I did Entrepreneurship Training Program. I did a program on public speaking. I did a resume writing class. I did a class on inner child work. I had-
1: During this time, yeah. do you think like you thought, I'm gonna get out and be big. I'm gonna make a name for myself. I'm gonna be someone who speaks on stages to hundreds of people.
0: I had no idea
1: you you didn't <laughs> dream that far ahead.
0: No, I mean my I would dream about working at a tech company, and I was. It's interesting too because um, I had a journal and I like a prayer journal, and I was very specific with God, and um, so. I said, when I get out, I want to work for a big tech company. Mm-hmm. I actually wanted to work for Google because I watched that movie, The, the Internship. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and I just thought, man, I want to work for Google. How fun would that be? I know, right? The free food and yeah. the culture and the money they make and the benefits. I just thought, wow, that'd be that's the life. Did um, you think
1: that was achievable or do you think you felt like still uh, it just this would be a a goal but not really
0: so what I did was I set the intention Um, I wasn't sure if it was going to be achievable or not but I did set the intention and I had high hopes Mm -hmm. and um, I didn't know how I was going to do it so my plan was get out get enrolled into school get my four-year college degree and then once I graduate then I'll get my tech job So that's exactly what I did. When I was released, I signed up for college. I started going to school. I was 4.0, top of my class. And um, while I was still, you know, going, uh, you know, like beginning, middle of the semester um, is when I went into the Microsoft retail store and then uh, I was told that they were hiring. And so I Applied
1: and you got hired on the spot. I'm I got, yeah. drop the punchline. You got hired on the spot, yep. and um, then they went through and they kind of did the "Have you ever been incarcerated?" question. Is that right? And they
0: yeah. Well, so they legally they can't ask you um, during the interview process, but uh, when it comes to once you get the job offer, um, then they can obviously ask you because you have to do a background check. Mm-hmm. Um, so when she gave me when she offered me the job. It was one of the most exciting days of my life, but yet I was, in the back of my mind, I'm like, you have to do a background check. Mm-hmm. You, like, you got to tell her. Yeah. And so I did. And I said, I am so grateful for this opportunity. I just want to let you know that. Um, but I have to tell you something. I just got out of prison uh, a few months ago. I said, uh, it's not. F- it was for drugs. It's not who I am today. But I, I just wanted to let you know this because I know you, you said I have to do the background check. Mm-hmm. And this job offers contingent upon that background check passing. I said, do you think this is going to hinder me from moving forward? And she said, you know, I, I'm not sure. Um, I, all I can tell you is to be honest about it. They don't disclose to me like the results of the background check. They just tell me if it's like a yes or no I can hire you.
1: Yeah. And, and the was, answer at that time was no.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, so I left the interview and once I got they emailed me the background check information. So I logged in, filled everything out and while I was waiting for those results, I mean, I'm searching the internet high and low for anything any glimmer of hope that microsoft hires people with a felony and i couldn't find anything I think, everything i that I, I came across was like no they don't hmm. no nope. and i'm like gosh man i came this far i, I got the job offer i, I mean I, I can't believe this is this is could be potentially taken all away, you know everything away yeah. from me um and i'm not even that person anymore it was so just dis- just disheartening, discouraging. But um, you know, I was just going to trust the process. I was going to trust God. Um, you know, He brought me to that point for a reason. And even if they rescinded my job offer, I was going to try to look at it from a, uh, a an attitude of gratitude, from a grateful perspective. Just like, well, you know what? I still got the job, even though it got rescinded because of my job, my background check. Um, I still got the job offer, and that's something to really be proud of.
1: Yeah, because that's who you are now, instead of looking at you know. Right. Uh, you called the invisible handcuffs yeah. of who you have been in the right. past, and and you know who you are has been at that time. They saw the potential within you, and and they saw who you you know who you could be for the company. Right. And so you did some you know, there's people can go and look more deeply into your story. Um, But so you did some work with um, some state laws in California um, that were already on the books. And so um, you were able to eventually get hired in with Microsoft.
0: Yeah. So there was a special law in uh, San Francisco. They actually started this law called the Fair Chance Ordinance. Um, They have it in other cities, but it's the, the mo- it's very robust in San Francisco and this law it's just a really small ordinance and it was created to protect people who have criminal records from discrimination whether it came to employment or housing because they were finding that um, you know people are just having a hard time reentering society and being successful and they wanted to do something to help you know bridge that gap and so they created this law and I'd never heard of this law ever. And as it what's ironic is as I was filling out all of the onboarding kind of paperwork and stuff, it was in one of the emails. Um, and this is before my background check results came back. And um, and it said, if you have a criminal yeah. record and you've been discriminated against, contact the fair chance ordinance. I'm like, what is this? Mm-hmm. So I click on the link and I'm reading their website and I'm like holy shit this means I have a chance if this if this law is real like honestly like part of me just like is this is this real like come on like this is crazy and um I said well based off of this law I mean it looks like I'm gonna get the job and I was I was filled with hope but I was still skeptical a little bit but I mean it it did help um you know, help me feel a little bit better, and so when the uh, background check got flagged, which I knew it would, um, they gave me uh, five days to respond, and they wanted to, uh, they wanted some background onto why I had this criminal record, and so I really just took that as an opportunity to talk a little bit about what I had done wrong, but really focus on what I had done right, like who I am today, how I've transformed my life, and, and why they should hire me. yeah, you know and um, you know unfortunately, they said they came back. It took about a month for them to you know make that decision, and I got the letter in a FedEx envelope one day. and I knew as soon as I got it, I saw the return address was from Microsoft. I knew it was it was all bad. And so I opened up the, the envelope, and I read the first, first paragraph. Um, Hi, Shelly. Uh, we regret to inform you that after careful consideration of your application, we have chosen not to move forward with your hire. Mm-hmm. And it was like, you know when your heart just drops to your stomach? Mm-hmm. Um, that the wind would, out of your sails. Oh, like- I, I think I went into shock a little bit. Yeah. Like, I was numb. Like, it was too many emotions all at once, and I didn't even know how to to process it. And um, I was thinking to myself, well, so much for that fair chance ordinance law. Yeah. You know? Um, what and crap I, is this? Yeah. <laughs> and I just, I figured that, um, you know, maybe there were some loopholes that I didn't know about in the law you know that they were able to leverage and um and I just I was like okay well uh I guess I'm gonna have to figure out plan two or plan b right um but it was devastating and you know I had told everybody I was so proud of myself for getting that job offer even if even though it was just the retail store but at the end of the day it's still Microsoft you know and so I told everyone, uh, my friends, my family, I posted it on social media. And then, you know, I get that letter and I'm like, oh. And then there's that there's that point where you're just like Does em- it take you back to
1: like almost like sentencing day? Like it's like I'm just going, I've worked so hard. I've done all yep. these things. And I'm just yeah. right back to where people are looking at me in such a shameful way oh, yeah. and just like. Like you said, defeated, but just yeah, com- you know, I just it erases all the good.
0: Oh yeah, because I'm like, man, I mean, what am I supposed to do? Like, how do I? I feel like I felt like as I'm going to be limited from becoming my true potential. Yeah, for the rest of my life. Right. And although I paid my debt to society, it's not enough. Mm-hmm. I was like, when will it be enough? In seven years? In ten years? In fifteen years? Never. You know, and it's just like this is this is crazy. Yeah, you know.
1: Well, and one thing that we've done with an entrepreneur center that we work with, um, we've done some advocating for people in recovery, and we've had pitch programs, and we've helped people start businesses. And I think just that little amount of people believing in you can you know and realizing that some people not everyone is going to look at you as your mistake yeah and so i think that that gives a little bit of extra drive to like okay let me that momentum can build to a bigger picture Mm -hmm. um sometimes so um for the sake of time i i mean we could i'm sure we could go Mm -hmm. deep into all the the next six years through things but um I want to give you the, the chance to, you're a huge advocate for hiring formerly incarcerated people.
0: Well, I became that advocate
1: for your, yeah. because
0: of what happened with Microsoft.
1: Yeah. I had side. no
0: idea this was going to be my journey. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, like I said, speaking on public stages and, and, you know, kind of.
0: Even internationally. Yeah. It's crazy.
1: That I mean, yeah. I think sometimes that those are the best lives when you're like. I need to pinch myself because I never would have expected this to be what my life looks like. If
0: if someone would have told me, you know, eight years ago, seven and a half years ago when I was sitting in my prison cell that I would be speaking on stages and being this advocate and voice for the voiceless community, I would have laughed in their face. Mm -hmm. Like, there's no way.
1: Well, so what... So for people who are listening, what is... Why should people hire formerly incarcerated people? What is the benefit?
0: Well, you get an employee that... Is incredibly grateful for a second chance, and there's a lot of research that's been done on the internet about them. You know, f- uh, people who are formerly incarcerated or system impacted, um, th- and they're very loyal employees. A lot of people that are incarcerated are natural born hustlers. So, especially like I, I mean, I'm a. Nat- I've always been a natural born hustler, mm-hmm. and which
1: is why, for from your 20s and 30s, you figured out a way to make ends meet. Not necessarily, like you said, your side hustle was an IT company, not, you know, that wasn't your natural thing. Your natural thing was hustling drugs.
0: Yeah. And, um, and so when I got into sales at Microsoft, I was consistently their number one sales rep. And then when I finally moved into corporate, um, I ended up finishing last year as their number one B2B surface seller in the entire world and won their most prestigious award called Gold Club, or one of their most prestigious awards. Um, and so less than 2% of Microsoft employees actually uh, ever win or get nominated for this. Uh, pro-
1: so Shelley, you're one case, and you, yeah. you're obviously kind of the, the golden story, but not every story is, is the same story as yours. And so people who are hiring... And who have all these deep-rooted fears, and I think fear comes from the unknown. Uh-huh. Um, and so, what can you say to people who are like, "Well, what if they're not like you? What if I hire somebody and they're not as driven as you are, Shelly, and they're not as um, you know passionate about doing?" building a career for themselves and there's, they haven't repented or, or learned from their mistake and they're still somewhat of that person that was incarcerated. Right. What do you say to those people?
0: Well, I say when you hire anybody, whether they have a criminal record or not, right, you're taking a chance. Heck yeah. Yeah. But, um,
1: Well, and I I think I saw one of your talks where you said, raise your hand if you've ever been arrested and a few people raise their hand. And then you said, raise your hand if you should have been arrested.
0: Right, and and you never got (laughs) caught, right. (laughs) And more
1: people raise their hand. And I think that's exactly what it comes to when hiring people as well. It's like, you don't know. I mean, you're not... Some people are doing a, a drug um, test when they get hired, but not mm-hmm. every company is doing that. Right. And 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 even that, some people can get clean enough to take it to pass a drug test. You don't really know what's going on in people's homes, mm-hmm. um, and like you said, you're taking a risk no matter what. And just because somebody got caught and there, there's a, a court record that says something, um, you. You know, when hiring, it's really about the individual and who you see in front of you. It's not about, you know, what they did when they were 20 years old.
0: Exactly, and so when you come across an applicant that has a criminal record, um, I would just recommend really getting to know that person and, you know, if their background check comes back flagged, obtain, you know, context around it, right? And focus on, you know, find out what they've done today to rehabilitate themselves, right? Because that should really be the most important thing. is you know who they are today as a person because some of these some of these people's charges are you know 10 15 20 years ago and they're still being held back by it and it's like they're not i mean I couldn't even like who I was twenty years ago. Yeah, yeah I'm not even. The same I wouldn't person. want my
1: friends to choose me. Right. The,
0: the, the decisions
1: I made when I was in my twenties. Like yeah. I wouldn't want to. You know, that's not how I want to be viewed. I didn't. I wasn't yeah. the smartest. Individual exactly. In my twenties.
0: You know, um, Mr. Rogers um, from uh, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. Yeah. Yeah. He has a quote. It's my favorite quote, and he said, "You know, there isn't a person that you could not learn to love once you hear their story." Mm. And that's so true. Like it, once you obtain that context around why they have this criminal record, most often that you'll find that um, it was just, uh, you know, a lot of times wrong place at the wrong time, right? Or it was. Um,
1: it was the atmosphere they grew up in. The atmosphere, yeah. You know, et- a lot of times I say you know did you think 10 year old Shelly would be doing what did you think at 10 years old I think at at one time I saw that you said you were hung over at 11 years old yep Um, you know at 11 years old you were probably just thinking about tomorrow or next week you weren't thinking about of course yeah what 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 am I going to do in life yeah um, that hopes and and dreams was not something probably um, fostered in your household of course not no and so I think that you know having the ability to help fo- you know having a community around you now that helps foster that and then you being an advocate to help foster that in other people yep. i think that's um at the end of the day we're all just humans we're all just people exactly and kind of pouring into each other um just because i didn't grow up in the same circumstances that you do that you did doesn't mean that we can't get to the same place in exactly life. um and so i think that's a huge and beautiful um awareness to bring to people
0: right we just have a The incarcerated population just has a longer. uh, They take a detour. Yeah,
1: which, and I think that there are people who don't necessarily. um, To blanket state, you should always hire formerly incarcerated people. Not everyone takes the opportunity to rehabilitate while they're um, in prison, and but there are some that do, and so to blanket judge on just um, you know a legal proceeding isn't necessarily the best. Yeah. You're, you're not going to necessarily get the best employees that way either. Right.
0: Well, what I would tell companies is um, don't give handouts. Nobody needs... Handouts don't help anybody. Yeah. You know, I'm not... We're not asking... I'm not asking companies to lower the bar. Mm-hmm. I'm just asking them to lower the barrier. hmm You no. know, just... <laughs> yeah. Just get those quality candidates that have the skills that have the qual that are qualified for the roles but maybe have a criminal record give them a chance
1: before we um wind up today so we're just just about out of time but tell me a little bit about Winter circle
0: yeah so going through this whole experience really um showed me that a path needs to be forged for others because i can't be the only one that um is able to be successful and you know become my true potential i want others to have this same opportunity because i'm telling you right now a lot of the women that i was incarcerated with i mean if they were given the same opportunity would as i had been they would be just as successful if not more successful Mm -hmm. you know and so i created a company um with with my business partner hazel and i pitched her the idea of starting an in-prison rehabilitative and vocational training program. So we want to deal with the root cause of the incarceration. Rather than just teach them vocational skills, we want to actually deal with the root cause of the incarceration, right? And oftentimes that's trauma-based, you know, And um, but really dealing with the mindsets, the trauma, the anger, the addiction, or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. It's going to be this one-stop shop, Um, holistic approach to programming. So it'll be a year-long program. The first seven months will be all rehabilitative programming. So, I mean, like a forgiveness, anger management, we'll do inner child work, we're going to do self-love, public speaking, we'll do financial literacy, we're going to teach them how to, um, you know, create a budget, you know, and how to build wealth. I mean, it's, we have so it's very robust. Once we're done with that piece, the seven months, and they, you know, they'll then advance to the vocational training. And I picked B2B sales because that's a job where you know, they have transfer, you know, these hustling skills. Those are transferable skills. A lot of CEOs are hustlers, mm-hmm. you know. Why not take those skills they already have as a natural born hustler and put it into, put it into something legit like a sales job? Well, and I'm also biased um, because I do B two B sales. Yeah, so I yeah. figured, you know what? I mean, if I can if I can become the number one sales rep in the world at Microsoft, and granted, all the other sellers that I work with have college degrees. You know, some are Ivy League graduates. Yeah. And here I came, you know, and yeah. was the number one. So you know, I figured teaching B two B sales skills. I bet you. I bet you they'll. You know, yeah I I mean it, it, if I can do it they can do it yeah you know yeah and so that's the that's the program and we are working on we're in conversations right now um, to get the curriculum on the tablets so that even like uh, the very like remote prisons they can have access to the programming they'll yeah. watch the videos they'll do the curriculum the journaling and the the testing and then uh, as long as they do everything and they complete it um, you know, satisfactorily or, you know, we're looking for the, uh, the, the cream of the crop, right? Yeah. And then, uh, we're going to release, you know, people are going to get released with these skills to thrive in society now. And now they're going to have, uh, uh, you know, the skills to get a job and earn a living wage. And, yeah. the, and and that living wage is the, is the key piece right there because that's going to break the cycle of poverty.
1: Well that's the thing is that people think, "Oh, well, I'll I'll throw you a bone and I'll hire you for $12 an hour." Well, that's not a living wage. No, in that it's world. And, ugh, you know, yeah. and so having that's not going to be a change of circumstances for nope. people. And no. So um, like I said, I, I'm sure we could talk for another hour yeah, right. about all the things. Um, I'm going to wrap up. How can people find you? I know you have a website.
0: Yes. So they can, uh, so it's uh, the website is Winners Circle US, winners with an S, mm-hmm. winnerscircleus.com. They can also email at info at winnerscircle.com. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also on all the social social media so platforms. So you're a
1: Shelly, S-H-E-L-L-E-Y, S-H-E-L-L-E-Y yep. <laughs> winner. Yep. Um, so people can go to your website, ShellyWinner.com yep. and see some of your TED Talks yep. and connect with you there as well. The
0: PBS special. Yeah, yep. there you go.
1: Um, I think you're a phenomenal speaker and I just it's been a pleasure getting to know you and I'm really honored to that you were able to take some time and be a guest with us today. Me too. Thanks for being here. If you want to know more about Powered by Her, head over to powerbyher.com join the community support the cause and we'll see you next week